and I cover Sporting KC and LAFC, and this is the audio aspect of the overall Switch to Pitch media experience. Switch to Pitch is a women-owned, staffed, and operated media outlet that aims to switch the pitch of soccer media to be more inclusive and accessible. All right, and I'm Darby. I am the podcast producer, and we are just having a ball this evening after last week's ridiculous time with me talking to myself. I am super stoked to be here. Uh, Syl, introduce yourself first, please. <laughs> Hi, everybody. This is Silvana Budasai. I am the social media manager for Switch the Pitch, as well as the official New York Red Bull reporter. And I am Mandy. I am the contributing reporter for NYCFC. Really, really happy to be here tonight. It's been too long. Definitely. It's been a minute. It's been a while. (laughs) So, y'all, we're super excited. The league is totally going to start on April the 3rd, right? We're we're all really confident in that. Are we? Unless it doesn't. Are we, though? (laughs) (laughs) No, we're not. We're not. We're not confident at all. Yay! I mean, you know what? Explain it to me like I'm five, because I, like I said, I, I've never been one to be like really super into the business end of MLS. Like I just want to show up, same, and have people be there, play a game, and move on. All this stuff about you know trades and uh, transfers and you know the super draft happened and it just it's not the same as it used to be and now there's all the stuff with the cba and you know i think mls is so unique in that it's distinctly american and so we have our players union and we have our franchise owners that that's not what you see in other leagues for the most part right so you don't see this sort of back and forth but like can't you just figure it out no apparently they can't (laughs) I will try my hardest because I do not know all the uh, business aspects of it like most people do. But from what I can tell so far of the CBA negotiations right now, it's just a lot of trying to deal with the player's salaries, if they will be paid in full or if they will be taking a pay cut due to the pandemic, you know, and just like the basic rights of the charter flights and, you know, just everything else that was kind of thrown into it last season. obviously. These are unorthodox times. It's really kind of messed with that in a sense. So right now, it's just an absolute mess. I mean, the league in itself, every time it feels like they're taking a step forward, they always take two steps back. And I feel like a lot of the time in their messaging, they're kind of gaslighting it, almost like telling the players union, if you do not agree to our terms, then unfortunately, you know, there may be a lockout. In the article that was released this morning, that's what it kind of came off as, you know, putting that additional pressure on the Players Association when the reality is unfair. And unfortunately, I don't know how the club owners are responding to any of this. So we're kind of like left in the dark almost with a lot of these details. But I hope that they get something resolved pretty soon. That was a really good way to explain it. Yeah, for me, it's the force majeure issue. The last time that they negotiated, 
it was like, we really need this force majeure clause. But at that point, I believe that some of this pandemic coronavirus mess that had already started. And so they renegotiate with the players and they're like, look, guys, nobody's making any money this year. Could you do us a favor and take a pay cut? And pay cut is a a very simplified idea about it because it's not just like we were going to pay you this much this week and now we're going to pay you this much. But it's the lowering of the salary caps annually. So even going into the future. So they were like, look, nobody's making any money. We're, we're going to lower this salary cap situation and, and lower your pay. And the players were like, you're right. Nobody's making any money. We'll go ahead and do that. But in those negotiations with that force majeure clause, they were like, well, if anything else like this ever happens in the future, this is so unprecedented. Let's go ahead and change this to put in this force majeure clause. And the players were like, yeah, you're right. That's fair. If some if the next global pandemic comes up, we, we definitely want to have an opportunity to renegotiate, right? But what ended up happening was they were like, all right, we're going to put this force majeure clause in here. And then literally like months later, it's the same pandemic. It's the same problem. And they're like, oh, remember that force majeure thing? We're going to go ahead and do that now. And they're like, wait, that's that was for next time. That was not for today. That was for next time. And once again, I'm I'm not super well read on it, but that's kind of what I'm reading is the league decided to pull out this force majeure clause to call for a renegotiation when the the issue that we're dealing with is exactly the same thing that we were already dealing with. Like there's nothing new that was not for this time, but they're using it for this time just as an opportunity to go ahead and force renegotiations again. And don't get me started on that super intimidating message that they sent out to the league today. Like, look out, you guys, you got to be ready. We're going to have to do a work stoppage. Like I had that boyfriend and I had that husband and he's an asshole. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, I just remember always being told that I was supposed to save for a rainy day. Like didn't Garber do the same thing? Oh yeah. (laughs) And plenty of owners, plenty of owners. They're, they're not the ones hurting, you know, maybe, and some of the players might not be hurting, but but then there are the other ones, you know, the ones who are in their first year, their second year. They didn't get a lot of playtime because they did th- these weird regional things and the things in the bubble and they didn't get to show all of what they could do. Mm-hmm. So now they're being forced out of one team, hop to another team. They're not ma- they're not making that big money. I remember uh, even Luis Robles lived up near my hometown and his the church that he attended, my son's teammate's father was the minister there at that church. Mm-hmm. So you know, the parents so it comes back to us. They're like, oh, you know, Luis Robles goes to our church. And like all the kids were like, no way does he live in New Jersey. You know, does he live in suburban New Jersey? Mm-hmm. And we're like, they're not all making NFL money. They're not all making NBA money. We're not that far along as a league compared to you know so if you if you did these negotiations with the nfl with the nba with the nhl it would be different because they have a longer span to to work with they have the revenue in place already i it's almost like someone who is who's been making not maybe not minimum wage but not too far above it this is not easy for them Right. So we can't you you can't just throw this out there and say, well, you know, I still have my millions, but you're going to have to fend for yourself. 
Like when the money, you know, my, my like my money's here in this one pile and can't go into another pile for like charter flight. Or the money can't go into paying off game day staff, even though there's no game day. You know, security, catering, all of those people. Like I think of all the people that I encounter, and I'm sure you all see this too, on game day when you're in the press box. You see the security guards, you see the uh, the catering staff, you see the maintenance folks. They're the ones who are really getting shafted by this, right? Because they get paid to show up. If there's no game, then they don't need to be there. And that's just that's really rough on them. So that's that's why you kind of, you're kind of pulling for it to all get figured out. Agreed. I think that goes for a lot of industries these days, not even just MLS. Well, that's that's what really kills me is, you know, early on during the pandemic, it was the players that were getting together saying, let's make sure that our game day staff is paid. The players were really putting forth a lot of effort and trying to pull money together to make sure that people stayed able to to keep their head above water. And I speak from Houston, where our players are the lowest paid players in the league. And there are a significant number of players that make less than my husband does and and I know like there are months where we struggle to pay the bills and I can't imagine people in our squad that are making you know fifty sixty thousand dollars a year and sure there are definitely benefits to being a professional soccer player but you know whenever you've got players in the league that are making over a million dollars a year it's not the same thing even having the players association representing players that make that big of a disparity in income it's it's tough i absolutely agree it's definitely very tough and i even brought up the article right now and part of the memo it says and i quote while we are not required to do so in the event of a work stoppage we plan to continue to provide health care insurance and pay for those health care premiums for the players and their families Now, to me, it's almost like if they're saying, even though if we do a work stoppage, you may not get your salary, but we'll still give you your health care. Like if that's better than nothing, regardless, it's just a messy situation overall. I feel like this is something that's going to become a regular thing now, unfortunately, because we were in a very similar situation around this time last year. And I completely agree with Silvana that there are a lot more moving parts to a game than just if the player is going to get paid or not, because you have all the stadium staff, you even have us, the reporters. A lot of us who make this our lifestyle, because I had seen huge cuts across our industry, even at the league level, where so many has lost their jobs due to the pandemic. And even this past season, and I'm going to state this as a rumor because I do not know if it is fact or not, what I've heard through the grapevine is like Salt Lake had released a bunch of stadium workers due to the lack of funding. Minnesota United did the same as well. I think here in Kansas City, we were fortunate. We do have that quote-unquote Midwest lifestyle that is not too expensive. It still, you know, hinders a lot of people, unfortunately. So it's not just affecting players. It's affecting all of us as a whole. Because even this morning, a lot of the season ticket members were questioning the article that if there is, you know, some type of shutout, 
do we want to continue supporting these clubs? I, I have friends who have been season ticket holders for a decade now questioning if they should rescind their seats because they don't want to support the league in their opportunistic ways or they just don't want to be involved. And it's just sad to see that, that we've come to this point now. <laughs> Definitely. And you don't want to pull your ball and say, well, I'm not going to play anymore. But you also have to consider a lot of, you know, we're in these situations as well. You know, am I going to spend my money on a ticket to go with my family to the game? Or am I going to spend it doing something that's closer to home or something that is less costly? Because, you know, I have to be careful about where my money goes. I wanted to kind of address something about the healthcare element. I really, we are in a situation where no one should be worried about their healthcare being pulled. That's the only thing we've got going for us right now in a lot of situations and you know I remember a friend of mine posting and she's a nurse so she's a frontline worker and she was so upset uh Charles Barkley former NBA star he's on TNT he's a commentator and pundit now and he said something about how the players in the NBA should be front of the line for the vaccine and she was like, well, that's just, you know, stupid and blah, blah, blah. And, and all of her friends were in agreement and they're all healthcare workers as well. It's like, well, you're not going ahead of me. And I, I, you know, I'm the one who's out there all day. And I said, he said it terribly. Like what he said was, you know, we pay more taxes and we do. And they're like, mm, first of all, Polly, you don't, but whatever. <laughs> but aside from that, I will give you this. We as a society demanding entertainment have made athletes frontline workers. We put them out there and said, get in somebody else's face for 90 minutes and sweat all over each other and spit all over the ground and <laughs> and then high five each other afterwards and go and hit the showers and travel from one end of the country to the other for our entertainment. We can't pay you because we can't buy tickets, but do it anyway. We'll figure it out. We'll watch it somehow. Darn it, we want to be entertained still. And if we had perhaps all of us, you know, in our Slack channels and on our podcast, we had always said, we're like, this MLS bubble is stupid. This tournament is ridiculous. We shouldn't be doing this or go, they're going to Orlando. And I remember like big ups to Bridget because she had this amazing article from a healthcare worker. You guys remember this? You guys can look it up on, uh, on our website where a healthcare worker talked about how bad it was in Orlando, Florida, the week before the bubble started and we looked at this and said this was such a terrible idea but darn it we had to get our season in you know i can understand some of it but we really went whole hog and said you're gonna have a whole season you're gonna still have playoffs you're gonna have okay so maybe we'll have to cancel some games because people actually got sick and i can't imagine putting someone in that position forcing someone to be in that position and yet here we are we did that to them. So yeah, get them the vaccine if you're going to keep this going. Keep their healthcare in place if they're gonna, if you want to keep this going. That's really literally the least you can do. Well, and, but I think by and large, sick systems beget sick systems. And I think, uh, Araceli, I think it was you that, that said it, saying, you know, that's the way of MLS or that's the way that it is here in the United States. To say that we have a system where healthcare is an issue and we're trying to do this the quote unquote American way, we are 
the country that is still forcing citizens to go bankrupt or to manage their healthcare through GoFundMes. And when we're in a country where healthcare is not a right and your healthcare is tied to your employment, your employers continuing your healthcare is literally the least that they can do. Because employers could certainly consider working for legislation wherein they're not the ones responsible for maintaining your health care. And I will say I've been generally impressed with the pandemic response up to this point. I've been tested. I didn't have to pay at all for testing. Like they're definitely looking at financing uh, ways to manage this particular pandemic. But if they don't look at those things and say, gosh, that was really much easier than trying to get everybody to file a claim with their insurance. We haven't learned all the lessons that there are to learn from this pandemic. So I think that the league keeping healthcare going for the players is really the, the least that they should do, but also the one thing that they really shouldn't have to ultimately within a, a larger system. But hey, USA. <laughs> Yeah, I've been relatively silent, kind of just taking all of this in because for me personally, it's I've been in all of those situations. Like, am I going to have health care? Am I going to be able to pay the bills? Am I sick? Like it's it's been a rough few months. And so I haven't really been keeping up with everything coronavirus related because I've just needed to take a break from it all and survive. So it's been good discussion here, anything, but unfortunately, I don't have much input right now. Well, and that, you know, like here we are trying to keep switch the pitch going on a volunteer basis. This still is not a paid gig for any of us. And so it has been backburnered. You know, if you look at our website and our activity, it's definitely been down through 2020, but we're all trying to survive here, right? And we're, we're picking it up in 2021 and we're moving ahead, but, you know, we, we can only do what we can do. Yeah, no, I think we did great, though, getting the articles out that we did last year. I feel like we had really good coverage for the tournament, for the regular part of the season, the postseason. I mean, I got to go to, I got to be in the Zoom calls for the final in Columbus. So that was really fun and a first time experience for me. So I look forward to getting to experience the real thing. I think given our circumstances, Switch the Pitch handled it really well. And I might be saying that with a bias just because I'm one of you guys, but but we're in the off season right now. So we don't have a lot of content coming out and we're we're getting ready. We're going to we're going to get ready for 2021 and it's going to be it's going to be a better year. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. Yeah, definitely. And quite honestly, when I think of like the off-season coverage and I'm like, I watch some of the other stuff, like the athletic has that great inside line and I respect their work and I, I love being able to read it. But I see some of the other publications around, they're all kind of saying the same things. You know, I don't feel an urge to tell everybody to go on Twitter and be like, as the social media man, I, you know, for me to, for me to say, Oh, you know, such and such signing is happening. Oh, here's the draft. Here's who the top draftee was. But everybody hears that. How are we going to bring something special, something that's ours to light? And that's something that, you know, we, we want to concentrate on. So we appreciate it when everybody listens to the podcast or reads our articles and kind of says, when's the next one coming out? Like, I, I we we hope you're thirsty for more. Absolutely. I'm thirsty for more. 
So with all of that being said, I feel like we've ranted a lot, but it should be said that this is our very first group podcast back. We had Araceli and Michelle who did the first of our podcasts back, but you guys were just like so business on that. Syl and I had a little call, but Mandy, what have you been up to? What is life doing for you? Let's let's just do a quick <laughs> check in. Um, well, I stepped away from my essential worker job because it was really wreaking havoc on my mental health and my physical health. So that kind of stopped being a thing. And I've just now started receiving some, I don't even know what the word I want to call it is like some benefits, some financial benefits. So things are finally starting to come back together there. It's really allowed me to take a look at myself where I'm at in life and where I want to go. And this may not be like the best time to do it because everything is kind of royally screwed right now, but I'm definitely not where I want to be. So I've been kind of reflecting on myself as a person, making some resolutions, making some goals for myself, been applying for some new jobs. And then I'm just trying to gather experience to direct myself in the way I want to go. So if anybody knows in the MLS teams that are hiring and looking for someone, I'm open to suggestions. I am willing to relocate on my cost, not the team's. So, so hey, you yes. should pick up on that, Dukes. I'm telling you, because <laughs> I wouldn't move anywhere. <laughs> yeah. At this no. point, just move anywhere while you're still young. <laughs> I don't feel young. I feel so old and weathered at this point. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, no, that's good. I I started my jersey collection. I picked up a Juventus jersey, which I'm wearing on the call right now, but the listeners can't see it. Um, But I got it customized with Ronaldo's name today. Mm -hmm. He's the greatest. So don't question me on that one. While I was getting my jersey customized, I was at the store and I ended up getting the third kits for Real Madrid and Manchester City. So I've got like both of those are like Paisley type kits. So I am so excited for those. Today was a mental health day for Mandy. I hadn't gotten to spend money on myself for a long, long time. So I got those. I got my hair cut and we're feeling much better today. Like I said to you earlier today, treat yourself. (laughs) That's right. Oh, I'm definitely treating myself, especially with these Twizzlers right now. Or <laughs> you can't see me right now, but I'm just sitting here enjoying these Twizzlers. Hey, I've here's how my off season has been going a little bit. If you didn't listen to our previous episode, like how Darby mentioned that Michelle and I kind of did, and we were actually a little hesitant on that. It was, it was exactly what to talk about because there wasn't really much happening in the league yet. So we we're like, okay, let's do like half business, half what we've been up to. But for like me personally, I've gotten into the habit of rock climbing and it's actually a lot of fun there's a ton of gyms here in KC I go to this one called ROKC it's a lot of fun I scaled a 25 foot wall last week so freaking proud of myself the video is up on my Instagram if you haven't seen it yet little self-plug there but (laughs) I've just been you know trying to stay preoccupied with everything and similar to Mandy it did definitely helps you give that your peace of mind back you know just put everything to the side everything that we you know we've been through and yeah I deserve my Twizzler so leave me alone on that (laughs) (laughs) no you absolutely do if you're going to be scaling these walls get it so as 
I've mentioned this a couple of times, I think, in my articles and saying stuff to all of you during the podcast, but I'm a teacher by trade and, you know, I have two degrees in education. So even though I did take a break from teaching for a while, um, I've gotten back into it. And right now I'm teaching with the hybrid learning schedule. Like I said, I, I didn't choose the middle school life. The middle school life chose me. So I'm working with some really adorable, sweet, smart kids. I got to tell you, like, it, it is a really great experience, but it's not the kind of stuff that I expected to find myself teaching. So it's a little weird, but I'm, I'm really enjoying it. And it, it's, a, it's a good pace. It's a good group. It's a good area. So I feel like I'm getting back into the groove of where I'm supposed to be. You know, like, I think we're all in that place where we kind of forget who we are. And then we realize that we've forgotten. So we try to get back to it. And when you find that right thing, you can focus on it and other stuff falls into place, hopefully. So that's, you know, that's what I hope for all of you guys and that I can continue with that and it makes things go easier. And, you know, that we can really enjoy because there's a lot of times where, gosh, when your team loses like badly, when your favorite player transfers to a another country when <laughs> you think that coach is going to be there forever and that you know or that coach that you thought was going to leave is still there <laughs> you know it could be all of those things and you say to yourself why why did I ever sign on to following a team and writing about them or blogging about them or finding people that are also fans of this team and we all like wallow together but it's still it's still something that we can share. After all, at the end of the day, we're at least we're sharing something and we can focus on that. Yeah, it's been a rough off season for NYCFC. We're making moves because we're getting rid of people, but we're not seeing people come in. So we starting to get a little nervous about the upcoming year. I am trying to trust the process and the people that are doing their jobs, but I'm I'm a little nervous. Uh, yes, on the Sporting KC and LAFC front, they have just been making signings nonstop for Must the past nice. two or three weeks. It's it's nice, but it's a little hard to keep up with sometimes. So I, <laughs> I'm trying to wait for a day for it to kind of settle down a little bit and then like just go over everything that's happened. So be on the lookout for that article. But for right now, like I said, we've just been adding to our roster, which is impressive, not going to lie. At least we didn't have to go through a logo change like a certain Texas team. <laughs> no, I don't want to talk about it. It's so bad, y'all. It's it's, really bad. it's pretty plain. <laughs> you guys are like a baseball team now. I'm sorry, but that's what it reminded me of. Yeah, I, I will say, as far as a holistic soccer view, I am a bigger fan of the Houston Dash rebrand than the Dynamo rebrand. And the, the whole, don't get me started on the FC situation, eesh, but um, that's we're, we're dealing with the rebrand. Here's one thing I will say. I put out an article a couple of days ago, as, as of recording time, I was going to be a big girl. And I went to MLS's website and I went to their style guide because I was like, I'm going to call it Houston Dynamo FC. I'm going to call it all the things that I'm supposed to call it. And MLS has not updated their style guide. So I felt zero shame just sticking with Houston Dynamo. I mentioned the rebrand. I say Houston Dynamo FC, but mostly it was Houston and Dynamo. And I just ignored that part of it altogether because until MLS can get their stuff together on their style, 
style guide, I'm not going to be beholden to to any rebrand. <laughs> no shame. What, none whatsoever. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, it could have been worse. Uh, uh, look at well, Chicago. Like they basically Montreal? made themselves the example for it. Montreal. Oh, my God, Montreal. <laughs> Where's Eve when we need her? I. Oh, my God. I'm just going to call them the snowflakes you. at this point. <laughs> Oh, I, mean, I, I I feel sorry for Montreal supporters. I thought they had a great identity. Now, I don't follow them like I do my team. So maybe there's obviously a reason for the rebrand. But like, they really uh, took a step back, if you ask me, because that's, yeah. that's a that's a struggle logo right there. <laughs> I love that with a struggle logo. Did, did they even put out the new Chicago Fire one? Is it the old one again? I haven't seen Chicago's um, yet. I think they're doing like a design contest right now where the locals get to vote what they want in the oh design. Yeah, Bring on logo well. McLogo face. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh, Chicago is another one. I love Chicago's old crest. I don't right? know why they needed to get rid of it. And it what awesome. they brought out looked like a third grader designed it. So, okay. Okay, MLS. <laughs> and I get the whole, like, wow, we did a really bad job. Okay, we're going to put this in the hands of the fans. But that's really what it's like. It's like you look at it and you're like, no, no. You had a fourth grade class have a contest about this logo, didn't you? Like, let's not put this to the people. Hire someone to do it better. <laughs> Or get your money back from whatever company you paid to do that first one, because Lord, if you paid for that. I also have to look up uh, Austin FC put out their kit with its rich history explainer of what every piece of the kit means. I didn't really look at it. I'm just like, that's a lot of dots for a white jersey. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, so there's that one. I'm interested in seeing how Phil Neville plays out in Miami. I remember having a lot of conversations around Phil Neville and just how he is just a big soccer brain and not a lot else. Like, he doesn't worry about things like his family or current events. He's too busy thinking soccer. That's like, that's really his thing. So I, I don't know. I, I want to see, I want to see that be kind of cool, but you know, it'd also be nice to see other people getting it. And Chris Armis going to Toronto. I was like, I hope it works. I like Chris Armis very much. I always thought he was always very nice, very generous as far as speaking to reporters and answering questions, but I don't know how this is going to look. If he's better suited or if he's worse suited, only time will tell, you know, only time will tell. Low-key, I'm a little excited that Toronto didn't get Patrick Vieira because I really didn't want to see our old coach in Toronto. So I get your feelings. We definitely saw a lot of coach changes this offseason, which is a little unusual in my opinion, because I'm so used to seeing like goalkeepers on the move or that one player add to his roster of clubs like Kai Kamara. Like, what is he with eight different clubs now? We got, I think, like five new coaches. So I'm very curious to see how they all work together. And I'm looking at Austin FC's jersey that they released this morning. And I just realized there's a taco on the inside of it. On the <laughs> Okay. Wait, what? <laughs> Wait, what? I mean, I like tacos, <laughs> but wow. 
know. Like on the neck tape, like on the back, like above the Adidas logo, they have like a bunch of different little symbols, and one of them is a taco. You do you, <laughs> Austin FC. Oh, Austin. Okay, I stand corrected. It's a taco truck. But still, there's just like random symbols on the inside of it. I mean, it's on their Instagram, so you can see a better picture of it. But yeah. <laughs> like NYCFC 2.0, if you ask us, <laughs> since half our roster went there. <laughs> I think I think we sent someone there, too. Did you? I don't remember. Ben yeah, they- Sweat's there. He only plays for expansion teams, so yeah. expect him to move next year, too. <laughs> Yeah, they got Matt Beesler from us. Like, yeah, that's true. Like, what? Hmm. Now Bradley Wright Phillips is over in Columbus with uh-huh. uh, Gettyen Jr. It's so nice to see those like little reunions there because Dax McCarty and Alex Wheel are in Nashville together, and like, oh, look at them like together again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And they're doing cool stuff and they're hanging out. It's like, oh, this is so nice. Yep, I guess that my couple of players down in Austin, I don't think we have enough history to really see any reunions yet. Between being the last team in the Western Conference and also that being our new quote-unquote Texas rival, Austin didn't take anybody from Houston and we actually ended up stealing someone from them. So Starting off strong. Getting that? getting that getting that rivalry off strong. Yeah, that's. I mean, we stole Corona, which you know, yes, his name's Corona. Huh. <laughs> we stole Corona right out from under them, and I think he's going to be an amazing addition to our squad. I'm stoked. the The team is actually doing a, a Zoom call with him next week, and I'm hoping to get on that call and maybe still a little bit of content for an article about him. So stay tuned. <laughs> So wait, who would you say is Houston's main rival now? Is it still Dallas or is it Austin? I mean, I think Dallas is always going to be our main rival. I don't know. Austin is going to be, it's, Austin is hard. You know, they're not a sports town. The fact that they're popping into soccer is like, look at us, we're cool and edgy. And it's like, no, no, you better actually come with a product, number one. It'll be interesting to see. They have a lot to prove their first season, and then we'll talk about if it's an actual rivalry or just something completely different. But also, the fact that Matthew McConaughey is in Austin, like, I loved him so much. I've always loved him. He's from Texas. Like, he's my people. And now he's Austin. And I have so many conflicted feelings. I think I felt a little similar when David Beckham started his team in Miami. It's like everywhere in this country, and you pick Miami of all places, but it is what it is. So I am curious to see how the league will continue to grow, especially with our new expansion teams, because I think we have two or three more coming down to Pipe One in a couple years here. They'll they'll all have stadiums before NYCFC. Sacramento, (laughs) you said? (laughs) I was just going to say like Sacramento and St. Louis. I I feel like there's someone else in the wing. Oh, Charlotte. Charlotte, Yeah. That one's awesome. I do like their color scheme. Yeah. Like they say it's red. I'm like, that's not red. That's fuchsia. But I love it. Yeah. (laughs) Bring it. (laughs) Yeah. Like own that color. You know how like, that's what I love about, that's what I like about Houston. Like orange, that bring it on. Orlando owns purple. You know, the gray of Minnesota. You're owning those colors because everybody's red, white, and blue. Red, blue, red, blue, red, blue. Like I get it. (laughs) It's, you know, very, it's very, you know, Jets versus Sharks. (laughs) if you will you know but those colors that kind of step outside of those are just fun I mean that's why I'm kind of down for Austin because it's like wow you really like are killing that green you're going for you're going for it 
I do so, like the green. Yeah, I hope and I hope they lean into that. You know, because yeah. right now that the I'm the really really bummed white. that they released a white kit with the green accent. Like, why wouldn't you just go bold with that emerald green? Like, yeah. come on, they probably will. I was watching Liga MX the other night, and I was watching uh, Club America and Juarez. Juarez has that like green gradient down to black. Like, yes. I was just talking with my friend about how FC Juarez was like the next jersey I wanted to be, get because they played Detroit City FC and Detroit City FC actually won. But I still loved their color scheme. And I was like, yes, I will get a jersey. I'm forever looking at jerseys going, man, if I didn't have an affiliation to a particular team, I'd be all over that just for It's that. not stopping me. <laughs> <laughs> but the Paisley, I love. I don't like Manchester City. I'm a Liverpool person well yeah paisley is cool but paisley is very cool my friend was also saying that we got to put respect on manchester city's name because they're their papa bear to nycfc so i could support them that way Well, can I just mention, to bring the conversation back around, can we talk about how if the MLS organization is having such a hard time that they need to invoke force majeure and try to cut player salaries and all of this kind of stuff, but it certainly hasn't stopped you from the expansion teams. And it hasn't stopped teams from becoming expansion teams. Like, all of that costs, it's it's making you money, you're paying money. Like, if you want to save a little money, let's just put a halt on expansion teams for a while. If you want less responsibility for paying for things hold on to your league for a minute like but, take a breath jesus but, christ but 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 garber wants his expansion fees oh, but it's just more players he's got to put into that union yep. Uh, yep. it's such a mess it doesn't make sense capitalism oh <laughs> don't get me started we'll be here for another hour <laughs> I think in that one pressure when Garber was saying that he dreams of the league being like 30 teams or something, it's like, no, no one wants that except <laughs> you. We don't need three teams in Texas. We don't need three teams in California. Huh? I wouldn't if be you want to throw yeah, a third team in New York. Come on. Like, if you want to expand, fine. But even it out, in my opinion, like instead of Sacramento, why not like Phoenix? Like Phoenix Rising has been the power horse of USL. Same with Louisville. They have been these powerhouses that proven that they can survive in our league. FC Cincinnati, that that's a whole conversation in itself. What happened to them? But <laughs> Yeah, you know, you get what I mean. Like, instead of Sacramento, why not Phoenix? But, hey, I'm not Garber, so what are you going to do? All right, you guys, we've been at this an hour. Closing thoughts. What do we have? Let's just survive another year. Hallelujah. (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) And maybe try to have some fun along the way. The way my season's looking, I I am not optimistic. (laughs) But uh, we'll definitely have fun with it. One day at a time. We're going to get there. There you go. Okay, so that's going to do it for us. Uh, thank you for joining us on Switch the Pitch Podcast, the podcast for those of us with resting pitch face. Thanks to 123 Scream and Jana Pokop for our podcast anthem. Links to the website in the show notes. Send us an email at contact at switchthepitchsoccer.com. Shout us out on Twitter using the hashtag RPFMailbag or check us out on social media. Switch the Pitch is so much more than the articles on the website. With our social media team and our photographers, we also are able to offer interactive and visual connections with MLS fans. You can find us at switchthepitchsoccer.com, on Twitter at switchthepitch1, also on Instagram at switchthepitch1, and on Facebook, fb.me slash switchthepitchsoccer. Thanks so much. Have a great day. Bye. 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 <laughs> Bye.
Yeah. <laughs> Today is Wellness Wednesday. I'm supposed to well post a Wellness Wednesday thing. I don't know what to post. Like, nobody <laughs> is well these days. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that, that is true. Well, you just said <laughs> that. Just post that. Like, hey. <laughs> Wellness Wednesday. Your guess is as good as mine. As long as you're alive, keep trucking. Oh, man.